welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. We're diving right in today. I got to bang this sucker out. <laughs> I got some other shit. I got to get done, people. But just thank you so much for being here, you guys. I appreciate you. By the time you're here in this episode, uh, we are past election day and who knows what has happened. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, like I said, when you watch this episode or hear this episode, where we are in the world. I am saying a lot of prayers. <laughs> I'm exercising my right to vote and uh, I, am, I am hoping for the best, fingers crossed. Uh, all right, you guys, today's episode, I'm calling this sucker, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. And uh, here's what I mean about that. So stay in your lane might mean different things to different people, but I'm going to break down some of the different ways that it's used and why I want to talk about that today. So a lot of times when people are saying to you, stay in your lane, right? Or stay in your own lane. What they're trying to tell you, sometimes not so subtly, is to mind your own damn business. Keep your, keep your big nose out of their business. So remember when we were kids and you'd be like taking a test or an exam or something and your eyes might wander over to the person near you or next to you's paper and your teacher would say, hey, keep your eyes on your own paper. That, that's just another way of saying like stay in your own lane. It means mind your own business. And where I think that this can be very helpful to us as adults, and if you're watching this, you might see my hair is not greasy. It's actually wet. <laughs> I, just, I just got out of the shower. So that's why my hair looks this way. Just in case anybody was wondering. Um, when we were kids and, um, you know, people would say to you like, you know, um, mind your own business. I think as adults, we forget this sometimes because as soon as we had social media, uh, not just platforms where we could consume content, but platforms where we could not only consume it, but we could comment on it. As soon as we had the power of the comment box, shit, like, <laughs> shit got real. And so it's kind of like everybody thinks that they have their own little personal platform. And because now they have their own little individual soapboxes, they think not only that they have something to say, but that they should say, right? And it's one thing if you want to post whatever you want to post on your own page. That's your page. But one of the things we're not so good at sometimes on social media is people kind of like to drift out of their lane into your lane, aka your personal page, and make comments and leave opinions when nobody actually fucking asked you. So let me give you an example. Um, if, if, here's, here's how I practice staying in my own lane, okay? Uh, on social media. So if somebody, um, if somebody, let's say, so let's just, I'll take the vegan angle because this is the easiest one for me, right? So as a vegan, um, I do not want to see pictures of your um, pig roast 
your clam bake, your lobsters in the pot, your lobster rolls. I don't want to see pictures of you sitting next to the dead animal you just shot. I don't want to see pictures of you and your kids or your father or your grandfather, or your sweetie or whoever, or you holding up a string, a dead fish or a big fish that you just ripped out of its environment, right? Like that's not soothing for me. I don't want to see it. But if I happen to be scrolling and you're a friend of mine and I see your picture go by with you with a dead animal or you munching on a dead animal, I, I do not come onto your page and start saying shit to you about animal cruelty and compassionate eating and have you ever considered going vegan? Like I stay in my lane. That's your page. Those are your choices. You can do what you want to do. But it's amazing how many people will come onto my page if I post something about veganism or compassion or, um, you know, not going to zoos or not going to, you know, uh, like SeaWorld and not wearing leather. Like you'd be amazed at how much people feel like they think their opinion actually matters to me and my veganism. Their fears for me around my protein, not getting enough, for, like all this stuff. And it's like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're not vegan. I've been doing this for 18 years. I kind of got this thing on lockdown. Now, I don't mind if somebody wants to ask me a question about it. They're curious about it. Like, it's not about they have to agree with me, but I just don't see the point of diverting out of their lane to come into my lane to try to make some snarky comment or leave some bullshit or whatever, right? Just like I'm not going to come onto your page and say something, right? So, and I don't even mind if you, if I post something and you come onto my page and you want to present an opposing point of view or perspective, I am always happy to have respectful discussions with people who might think differently than I or believe differently than I. But as soon as you start to go into hate or name calling or acting like a fucking child, like I shut that down. Like that's not welcome here. You know what I mean? So I think we could all learn a little bit better because I think it's kind of like they opened up, you know, when they, when they, at um, like Black Friday or that shopping holiday right after Thanksgiving, when all of a sudden, like you see the people, like the crowd outside the store, and then they open the doors and it all comes flooding in and it's mayhem and chaos and violence erupts. I think sometimes that's how social media can be because it's unkind, pretty much unregulated pretty much uncontrolled. People can kind of like, you know, I always say one of the things about America is like, I can drive to New Ham from New Hampshire to California and there's nobody going to be at state line stopping me. I have free range to go wherever I want to go and do whatever I want to do pretty much. Um, and so I think of the internet like that. It's kind of like the wild west where everybody's out there just like gunslinging and saying and doing whatever they want to do, but it would behoove us to stay in our own lane sometimes. Now, I believe that there's always an exception. Let me say, like when I, when I do these podcasts and I, and I, I say something, a, a belief, or um, I'm taking a particular standard point of view, I, I want to be wicked clear that I understand that there is always an exception to the rule. There might be times when you shouldn't stay in your own lane. You shouldn't mind your own business. If you see something where you suspect 
cruelty, animal abuse, child abuse, something's not right. Like there are times you got to report a post or do something. I'm not saying not, you know, don't be a good conscious citizen. I'm just saying there's times when personally you just shut your mouth and you move up, like just keep scrolling, like just move past it. Right. I don't need to go around uh, inflecting my point of view on everybody all the time. <laughs> That's like number one. Number two, stay in your own lane. Right. And look, I'm not saying any of this stuff. Like any, I always say anything that I'm saying, it's for me too. Like helpful reminder, hashtag helpful reminder. <laughs> right. But here's another one about staying in your own lane. And I'm of two minds of this one. So let me just kind of present both sides. So another way of interpreting like stay in your own lane is stick to what you know, stick to what you know and stick to what you're good at. Right. And so I kind of, so on the negative side of this, I'm going to lean towards uh when somebody told LeBron James, I think it was LeBron James, to just shut up and dribble. Like they didn't want his opinion on some social justice matter, right? Shut up and dribble. And I thought, oh, this is so fascinating. And, and, and I also saw like several times that I think Matthew McConaughey was one, and I'm trying to think of the other guy. He's an actor that I think is really, really funny um, and a great actor. And there have been times when they've been talking, they said, look, I know I'm an actor and nobody wants me to share my opinion. They just want me to shut up and act. And I thought, this is so interesting. Why we think that just because you're really good at one thing, you're only good at that one thing and you're not allowed to express your creativity or your feelings or your thoughts um, beyond that. So I'm not a big fan of the, you know, stay in your own lane when it comes to trying to silence people when they're trying to do good or push back against a, a system of oppression or racism or police brutality or whatever the thing happens to be, women's rights. Like you could go on and on and on, right? Uh, uh, domestic violence, animal cruelty, all these things. There are gonna be times when you might be famous for one thing, but you still get to have an opinion. So that's the one place where I kind of push back against the, the stay in your own lane thing. Um, um, or, you know, sticking to what you're good at. But I'll say on the flip side of that, there is a reason for that, right? So when we think about where, where the, um, what would this be? Would it be a metaphor staying in your own lane? So it's kind of like a driving analogy, right? Where what they're, what they're talking about is if you're driving down the highway at high rates of various speeds, right? Those lines means something. The yellow line means something. The double yellow line means something. The white, like white, white line space, white line space, what all those things are communicating something. And when you're in your lane, right? I always say you have permission to change lanes. If you use a blinker, if you put on your, what would they call that? A directional, right? Put on your damn blinker. Like if you're like, oh, I'm going to be switching lanes. Like it's, it's sometimes helpful to give folks a head up, heads up but you do that for safety purposes. You stay in your lane when driving so that you do not cause harm to others, so that you don't cause an accident, so you don't do something stupid. And what do we call people who swerve all over the place, like drunk drivers usually, right? Or people who are texting and not paying attention, they become dangerous because they're not staying in their lane. And I think where this can be like a problem in one of the places where I see it showing up a lot right now, especially as somebody who is, um, yes, a, a writer and a storyteller and a speaker and all that, but also a spiritual mentor. You know, um, I, I'm a spiritual mentor who 
started taking spiritual journeys and pilgrimages when I was in my 20s, you know, and I've been a student of A Course in Miracles for almost 30 years. And I've been a student of yoga for just, like just as long, right? I've been a teacher of, of yoga for over 20 years. Um, I've actually taken a, a year-long spiritual mentoring certification course where I studied, you know, with, with a spiritual mentor who has a, you know, um, you know, a degree, a doctorate from Yale Divinity School, right? Like, it's like, so I come from a lineage, right? In yoga, I come from a lineage, the Kripalu tradition. I'm also a longtime student of passage meditation. I've been a student of Eknatha Schwarans for over 20 years. Here's my point. All of that, I'm not saying like, um, I'm the, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm the best spiritual mentor in the world or it's nothing like that. But what I'm saying is I've put in my time, right? I, I've practiced my chops. I, I have some skin in the game. I, I was called, this is the biggest thing I see. Most spiritual teachers and spiritual mentors were called to this work. I mean, back in the day, I think, and, and take, take this for what you will, I think people were like called, internally called to the priesthood. People were internally called to becoming nuns or sisters, right? People were internally called to like go off on pilgrimages and go on vision quests and take walkabouts or whatever the thing was. Like all the saints Right? When I read all the stories of Jesus and the saints and like all the mystics, you know, they were called to this thing. You're called to be a monk. And yet I find more and more people like in the business stratosphere, in the entrepreneurial world, all of a sudden just claiming, oh, I'm like, and I've heard it, I've heard it said a bunch of different ways. I'm coming out of the closet. I'm now um, officially announcing myself as, I've claimed myself to be a spiritual teacher. And look, look, there's a part of me that is like, what a beautiful world that we live in. What a beautiful country that we live in that somebody can decide to hang a shingle and start a business, right? That, wonderful. But I think we have to really be looking at that if somebody like makes a huge lane change, and I've always been curious what it's about, why people want to be called or become a spiritual teacher. The calling is something that on some level you have no control over, <laughs> right? It's like the mission, you, you, got the, you got the instructions, the divine assignment, as we say. But there's a lot of people who are all of a sudden, I think, from a business standpoint, deciding that they're also a spiritual teacher. And here's the thing. We are all spiritual beings. We all can learn from each other. That is 100% true. But in order to kind of step into that role, Toby pajamas, <laughs> in order to really like fully step into that role is a big deal. And there's, I'm often like, and it's not like I'm like, hey, prove it to me, show me your papers. It's not that. It's not an exclusive club. Like, I'm not trying to sound like a dink here. But what I'm trying to say is, I'm always really curious as to why people feel like um, they want to be a spiritual teacher. I saw it a lot in the yoga world, right? I saw it a lot in the yoga world where, I, you know, people wanted to be a yoga teacher. Like all of a sudden there was a boom, a huge boom in yoga teacher trainings. Like even here in Concord, New Hampshire alone, 
there was a time when there were like eight studios or something or whatever it was like doing yoga teacher trainings. And I'm like, where are all these people going to work? Like everybody wanted to become a yoga teacher. And there was one time I'm like, they're graduating between all these programs. I'm like, they're graduating like hundreds of yoga teachers. And I was like, what is happening right now? And I'm like, what's that about? And I'm like, oh, well, some part of the ego loves the thought of being seen as spiritual. And I would laugh all the time and I'd say, look, just because you're flexible, just because you can stick your foot behind your head, I go, some of the most flexible people I know are still assholes. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I've also known a ton of yoga teachers who didn't have spiritual practices. They didn't meditate. They didn't pray. They didn't like whatever. They just loved asana. They loved the postures. They loved the physicality of it. There wasn't mindfulness or meditation or anything happening. And I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, like, let's be wicked clear. You cannot, A Course in Miracles says, you cannot teach what you have not yet accepted for yourself. How can you direct anybody else towards a spiritual life, a spiritual um, life of, of spiritual practices or reflection or whatever, if you have not already done it yourself? Because otherwise, you don't have anything to inform them with. You're not going to know what it feels like when you're like, oh, I don't wanna meditate, like I don't wanna do this today, or oh, like all the things that come from this, the resistance and the struggle and all this stuff, right? It's like, you have no business talking about this. Just like I'm not gonna go give anybody advice on investing their money. I'm not gonna go and give anybody advice on like creating a funnel for their business, like a strategy for your business. Like, yeah, I could talk about it a little bit, but you don't wanna hire me and pay me money to do that for you. That's not my lane. I know my lane. And I really try to stay in my lane, to not get confused about where, where my opinion actually matters and where, because it's the difference, you guys, here's why. It's the difference between being helpful or harmful. It is the difference between being informative and inspired, inspiring versus um, being inflict, like inflicting yourself on somebody else. So I think that there, there's something to this. And of course, everybody gets to decide for themselves. But I've just been kind of like fascinated lately. All the people who were just like, I'm like, like two weeks ago, you were doing this thing. And now all of a sudden, which was like, I'm like, and now all of a sudden you're a spiritual teacher. I don't even know what that means anymore. I don't even know what, when people, I'm like, what does that mean to you? <laughs> so maybe that's another deeper thing, like the clarification thing. Because here's the one thing that I do know. It's just kind of like I would never go into a dojo and get like my white belt and then to call myself, uh, like I'm gonna go open this, a thing and start teaching other people karate or uh, taekwondo or uh, kung fu or like whatever, jujitsu or tai chi. Not gonna do it. Not my lane. I have no business being there. So we gotta know, you guys. We gotta know, right? What we know and what we're good at and where we can actually be helpful. That doesn't mean that you can't grow into the position. I'm just saying, like, you gotta know when you, when you are traveling outside your lane, because sometimes you can actually do more harm than good. That's all I'm gonna say about that. I also think the power of staying in your lane, you know, when it comes to like social justice issues, you know, I think we should just sometimes shut the fuck up, right? I mean, like, it's like trying to speak on something that you're not intimately familiar with. It, it, 
All right. So let, let, I can look at it two ways. Like, like, you know, when a lot of women say, uh, please, old white guys, stop telling us what to do with our bodies. Since you really don't have any intimate knowledge of what it's like to be a woman, what it's like to have reproductive issues or experiences, and why sometimes an abortion or whatever, right, might be necessary based on ex like circumstances, sometimes very extenuating circumstances. I don't think men have any business telling women what we should or shouldn't do with our bodies. Thank you very much. But I also see it when it comes to like racial justice issues, when I'll see like white dudes, and I'm not picking on white men, I'm just saying, when I see like white dudes trying to explain to like maybe women of color, like maybe something difficult that they're going through. It's like, um, dude, how about you just sit back and let them be the experts of their own experience? It's like, stay in your own lane. But sometimes people are incredibly privileged and entitled and ignorant. And they think because they always have the power and the mic and the floor and the say, right, that they get to speak on whatever they want to. And it's like, no, you don't. And you look like a dick doing it. So you might just want to sit down, STF, zip it, and maybe listen and learn from the people who have the actual experience. You gotta be a student. Double amen hands if you are a lifelong student like me. I love to learn. I sometimes even like to learn that I was wrong. I love to learn new things. I love to find out like, oh, what a totally different way of looking at things. You know, I think sometimes feel like that um, people are like, don't tell me to stay in my own lane. Don't tell me what to do. And I'm kind of like that, you guys, if you know me at all. Uh, my sweetie says sometimes you got a little bit of a problem with authority. And I said, yeah, but I don't push back against authority if it makes sense, right? I don't, I, I don't like, I'm not a rule follower <clears throat> in that I will, I will follow the rule if you can explain to me um, why and it makes sense to me. But I'm not just going to do something blind. I did not come by my faith blindly either. I'm not a spiritual mentor because um, something told me like some book or some religion or a bunch of dudes with collars or whoever told me that this is how it is. I came to my deep faith through my own personal experience. I got in my lane. I drove my car. You know what I'm saying? My spiritual car. And I figured out and found out for myself. However, I love to keep my mind open, my heart open, my ears open to new experiences, to new points of view, and to new perspectives. In fact, even putting this out, I'm like, by the time this goes out, there might be something that I go, huh, I've changed my mind on that. And that's why I always say, hashtag, I reserve the right to change my mind at any time because I might get more knowledge. And I think sometimes with like cancel culture, as they call it, Right? Sometimes we're judging people on really old stuff. Not always, right? But, but there are extenuating circumstances or particular circumstances where we're judging people on old stuff before they were mature, before they had enough information, before whatever. And like, I get it. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that I think we have to kind of um, be a little mindful of the fact that, especially those of us, you know, if you're like brave enough... <laughs> If you're brave enough to put out a program or a product like a podcast where you know the rest of the world is going to be able to listen and judge you and have an opinion, like I kind of laugh about it. I'm like, hey, we get to reserve the right to say when, when I know better, I do better. So take this for what it is at this point in time in 2020 that I'm having this conversation with you. 
Um, I think another way to kind of look at stay in your own lane is when people say like, don't encroach on my territory or my specialty, right? And I think that there are people who, again, so too soon um, or not for the right reasons, try to be seen as an expert or oh, all the different words you can call yourself, an expert or a master or a guru. And remember, the only guru there really is, is the guru inside you. The inner teacher inside you is the greatest guru that you will ever have. Um, guru, um, you know, roughly means um, the one who brings um, light to the dark, the one who brings um, truth to ignorance or overcomes ignorance with truth, right? Somewhere in that family. And the only one who can really do that for you is you. So we can have external teachers. We can have people who will tell you that they know what's best for you, that they know the way that they, um, you know, are, um, you know, really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like masterful or um, the best, the expert, the leader in this industry. And sometimes they are. And then you have other people who are full of shit and they're just making it up to make a buck. They make it up to make a buck or they think this is what the market demands or this is what I should be. And I can't tell you over the years, especially, you know, I have very intimate experience in the yoga world, seeing predators take advantage of people who were going through a tough time, who just needed help, who saw themselves or experienced themselves as wounded or broken or um, lost and confused. And people took advantage of that convincing them that they did not know themselves well enough. Like if a teacher ever comes to you and tries to tell you that they know you better than you, or they know what's better for you than you do, um, that's something your little ears should perk up and just keep an eye on those things. Because we should be standing in our own lane. We should be staying in our own lanes and we should be aware when somebody's trying to encroach into our lane and be, no, I don't wanna say always be suspicious. That doesn't sound very fun. But in A Course in Miracles, we say the ego is suspicious at best <laughs> and vicious at worst. And that often, that means our own ego. But I've often seen the egos of, what do I call them? I don't even know if I call them colleagues. I would just call them, or peers. I would just call them other people who are in the business in entrepreneurialism, right? Making their way in the world. Um, remember that word wheelhouse? Remember, it was like, oh, that's right in my wheelhouse. The, the words change, the lingo changes all the time, but it's kind of the same, right? I know what's in my wheelhouse. Storytelling, my wheelhouse. Writing, my wheelhouse. Spiritual mentoring, my wheelhouse, right? There's a bunch of other shit where I go like, yeah, I'm kind of good at that, but I'm not gonna charge people, <laughs> right? If I can stand in confidence in something, it doesn't mean I'm always right, but I, I, I believe that my spiritual team will guide me through this. I feel like I have enough history or knowledge or a school set, uh, no, not school set, skill set to be able to be helpful in this area. And there are other times when I just refer. And that's the other thing too. Like, don't try to be a four lane highway. Know what you do, know what you do well, know what you're excellent at, and then have a network of people you love and trust and respect that you can refer to. I refer to my friends all the time. I make recommend recommendations to my friends all the time. In fact, I got a, a, a wonderful little message today from somebody asking me, you know, when are you going to open up the doors to the nest? You know, my spiritual membership. I have somebody that I thought of who um, could really benefit from it. And I said to them, you know what? Thank you so much for this because a referral or a recommendation is one of the greatest compliments I could ever get. 
that you trust me enough to send somebody that you love and care about to me, knowing that I would take good care of them, believing that I could help them in some way. Like, uh, like that to me is such an honor and I take it very seriously. And so I just think like, you got to know your wheelhouse. You got to know your lane. And if you find yourself trying to float into another lane out of scarcity, desperation, competition, and comparison, because that's the other thing that social media has done, right? It is, it has, um, it has like it has created an environment where most people not all people but most people are in this constant loop of comparisonitis and competition comparing and competing comparing and competing right which is like causes a lot of contraction and i always say love doesn't happen in a contracted state love happens in a very like open open-handed state you know open-minded open-hearted uh, not from scarcity and lack and fear and competition and all that bullshit. And one of the greatest things we can do to stop the competing and comparing, well, first of all, stay off of social media. Don't go on there at that often. <laughs> it's not good for your mental health, a lot of people. But also keep the focus on yourself. You know, interact and use the tool in a way that is actually supportive and helpful to you and does not diminish you, does not demean you, does not make demands on your time in a way where you feel, if you feel worse when you get off of social media, like listen to your body, that is an embodied response. You know, I think of the body as a communication device. I think it's, I think of it like a, um, what's the, is it like a Geiger counter? I think it's like a feedback machine. That's why I think about it. Like it, it's really giving me embodied information. So pay attention when, when your throat closes or your gut gets tight or you feel a heaviness on you or you feel like you can't really breathe or you feel overwhelmed. Like pay attention to the early warning signal. You know, you know how the TVs will go like or the radio and they blast that image or they blast that sound to let you know something's going on. The body is constantly trying to give us feedback about that thing you ate or that thing you drank, or that person that you're in the room with, or something that you heard that just didn't feel right. The, that's, there's a reason why they call it gut instinct. I want to do a whole other show on this. But look, stay in your lane. Don't be a busybody. Don't be a nosy pants. There will be times. There will be times when I think you do need to get involved in other people's business when there's something going on with um, a little one or an animal or somebody who is being um, abused or neglected or taken advantage of. I'm not saying, because I'm the first one to stick my nose into those areas, right? But I'm just talking about mostly when it also comes to um, like personal pages or your work or whatever. And then just know. You should question yourself, like get suspicious when you feel the need to like, oh, I should add that to my offers. Like I should, whenever there's a should, that, that's an interesting like early warning system. It's like, what's that about, right? Because a lot of times when we're, we're trying, we le wanna leave our lane, it's because um, we, we are in some sort of lack or place of separation in the mind from God or source or spirit or the inner teacher or love. And um, I think like when we talk in A Course in Miracles about having um, a divine assignment or an internal and individual curriculum, that Holy Spirit or the inner teacher that gives you, we are all here to serve our own purpose. Like the last episode I did, I think I was talking about this, right? Like that, that we were made for these times. We were made for these times. So you've been given your own individual curriculum.
you have your own purpose to serve the way that you serve and show up in this world. And that's your lane. I sometimes call it like I am here to tend to my own little corner of the garden, right? But I can't be complete. I often, I often talk about it like this. You know, if there's a bunch of trash in the street and you're out there complaining about it because you don't realize that it's fucking blowing out of the, the, the garbage cans in your own backyard that you didn't put the lid on, right? So we got to tend to our own business. And actually, if you were busy tending to your own business and your own spiritual life and your own spiritual practices and your own relationships and your work, you wouldn't actually have time to be sticking your nose into everybody else's business or trying to like whatever. So again, this is not about squashing your creativity. I think it's amazing when we want to learn new things and have new skill sets and all that stuff. But man, give them some time to integrate. Give yourself some time to implement it. Give yourself some time to marinate in it before you start hanging a shingle, shingle or calling yourself a thing or switching lanes in, in this way. When it's like, because it's really like an ego's desire to be seeved by others in this way, not because you've been called as your ministry, your mission, your mandate, your, your um, message. The movement that you're, you know, movements kind of happen. It's not like you say, I'm going to create a movement. Movements happen because the people around you are resonant with your message. People feel your ministry and they're like, yes, I want to be a part of that. But a lot of times we're trying to force something because the ego desires to be seen or experienced or thought of in a particular way. So there wasn't a lot of storytelling on this, although I could. I could tell you lots of different stories about, you know, there was one time where I thought that I was going to go work for a newspaper. And the thing is, is that I always laugh because I'm like, um, in high school, my boyfriend, who was a couple of years older than me, was in my typing class. <laughs> so ASDG, like I, I know the keyboard and stuff, but I still look, I still have to look when I type. I can actually sometimes type without looking, but I will make more mistakes that way. But I'm not a wicked fast typer. Like I know my auntie, my auntie used to be able to type like 95 words a minute or something ridiculous. And I just laugh. And I laugh that I'm a writer who doesn't type particularly fast. But I always say like, I, you know, I didn't type very fast. So when I went in to take the test, like one of the tests to like work at this newspaper was they would give you something and they would have you like transcribe it and like type it out. And like, I sucked at it. And like, when I tried to, tried to type fast, I made like a lot of mistakes and, and whatever the thing was, and I didn't get the gig. And I was like, I felt bad about it. Like I felt bad about myself. Like I didn't do a good enough job. And then afterwards I realized like, you weren't supposed to get that job. That wasn't the lane for you. You weren't supposed to go into that lane. You thought like, oh, somehow some, my young mind thought, well, they'll take me seriously as a writer. Or I'll be seen as a writer, whatever, whatever I thought. I don't even remember, actually. I would, I'm being honest. I don't re really remember what it was about. I think I just got excited because I knew a journalist who worked at the paper um, and we hit it off and they said, oh, there's an opening. You should think of, and I was like so excited about that. It was probably more about that, the way that I thought that I would be perceived in this journalist, this reporter's eyes as a, not, I wouldn't say a peer because he had a gazillion years um, more experience ahead of me. Um, it was more about that, but that, like, that wasn't my lane. And on some level, if I had stopped and really thought about it, I had no business. I had no business probably even really attempting. <laughs> it was a very humbling, humbling moment in my life. And there have been times I'm all excited, you guys. I get excited for trying new things. I'm not saying limit your potential. 
But I am saying like, be wicked honest with yourself. Um, and and I, particularly, um, I particularly speak up about the spiritual teacher thing because that's my lane. I feel like I get to have a voice here. I'm not here, I always say, God doesn't need me policing the world. It will take care of itself. But I have been given a big enough mouth and a podcast to be able to open discussion. That's what I like to do. I always say, I'm not telling you what to think. I'm never telling you what to think. I am always inviting you to think as my listeners to be like, to think about that, be curious about that. That's one of the greatest things about being a conscious citizen, I think, is to be curious. So I'd love to hear what you think your lane is. I love hearing from you guys. And those of you who take time to send me a little note or a message and um, reflect and respond, like some of you leave me comments on the YouTube page. That's wicked fun. Uh, every once in a while, I get a comment over there. Some of you like leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for that, you guys. It's super sweet. And some of you will just write to me randomly. You send me a DM and you're like, hey, I love that episode made me think of this. I always love hearing from you because, you know, this can feel like a very much a one-way relationship or conversation. It's always just me and my big mouth, like talking into the mic. <laughs> so it's always fun when you guys like participate and write back to me. So um, I hope you received this the way that I meant it. I wasn't being a spiritual teacher snob or anything like that. I've just seen it go wrong too many times. I've just seen too many people trying to get into a lane that they really have no business getting into. And sometimes the little caveat at the end of that sentence is, stay in your lane. You're not ready for this lane yet. Yet. It doesn't mean you won't someday. It doesn't mean you won't find your footing in your way, in your own kind of way that you particularly help or whatever. I'm not saying that. It's not for me to judge. You've got to trust yourself. But you also got to know when you have no business right? Opening your mouth or saying something or leading something or doing something or offering something or whatever, right? Just like I said, I'm not going to come onto your Facebook page and start, you know, saying shit about like your food choices or you're this or you're that or you're that, you know, if somebody, uh, if it came, I always say like this too, like I, I, I pick my battles. <laughs> I've gotten better at knowing when, when it's actually worth my time. There are times when I know nothing that I say here will actually make a difference or change anything or be helpful. So I'm just going to keep moving on. You know what I mean? So I hope this was helpful in some, some way, you guys. I hope it made you think about some things. And I'm sure we've all had experiences where somebody tried to kind of like encroach and cross into your lane uh, in some way. And it might be in your relationships, your, your work, like people, you know, like, you know, and you're just like, what? Like all, oh, so all of a sudden that, so there's one thing that I have seen that I'll like kind of point out that I thought was kind of interesting. You know, um, I have a friend, Kate Northrup, who started doing this thing uh, where she was really talking about like women's, women's cycles and the cycles of the moon and doing things like doing less, doing less energetically, right? Like with your work, but getting more benefit from it because you were kind of tracking your energy and, and, and the projects that you were doing kind of based on the cycles of the moon. And I thought, wow, this is fantastic. Kate's like the only one I know doing this. And as soon as her work went out into the world, and I'm not saying she's the exact originator because it wasn't in my field of influence or awareness before that. But when I saw that she brought it forward, it was like, all of a sudden, all these business coaches were like, I'm an intuitive moon goddess. I'm an intuitive, um, cyclic, like, well, I was like, oh my God, what is happening? 
like what did what did you what did you go get like uh, like go go like read an article and all? I was just like I just find that this is just me take it or leave it. I find it a little offensive when people who have no business leading people especially in stuff around mindset or spiritual work or trauma you can do so much more damage if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but you want to be seen a particular way. So you hang the shingle or you stop calling yourself a thing. And I'm just telling you, it doesn't look good and it usually doesn't end well. So I'm not, again, take it or leave it. Just my opinion. And at the end of the day, who really gives a shit <laughs> about what I have to say, but I'm just putting it out there because I love people. And I don't want to see people get harmed by people who call themselves a thing when they actually don't actually know how to hold the space and actually be like, be a part of the, the healing rather than inflicting more trauma. And I'm just going to zip it on that note. You guys, I love you. I appreciate you. We are marching towards, um, by, by this time we're in November. So we are marching towards, um, Thanksgiving, days of gratitude. I think we should be grateful every single day. That's a story for another day too. But just know that I am grateful for you. I see you and I feel you and I appreciate you and I love you. Wherever you go, people, be a blessing. Leave the people, the animals, the environment, the place better than before you got there. When you walk in the room, you want them to be happy that you are there because you are bringing something to the table. You are bringing your love. You are being the light of the world that you are. I love you. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>